I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Every fortnight, we bring you a mixture of features and discussions, exploring every aspect of gardening. Growing our own fruit and vegetables, plant care, pest control, garden design and container ideas. Plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Jenny Bowden, one of the RHS's team of horticultural advisors. Show season is well and truly underway now. And from the 19th to the 24th of May, the highlight of the gardening calendar, the RHS Chelsea Flower Show 2015, will be upon us. This year, as always, promises the pinnacle of garden design, endless inspiration and the fulfilment of gardening dreams. Coming up on this podcast, we'll be hearing from some of this year's leading garden designers as they tell us what they have in store for the greatest flower show in the world. But first... Shows are not all about big-name designers. They're also the ideal place to get ideas and advice from the UK's leading nurseries. So we caught up with some nurserymen at the recent RHS Great London Plant Fair to get their tips on what you should be doing in your own gardens right now. My name is uh, Steve Hickman and uh, I run Hoyle and Plant Centre with my wife Elaine and we're specialist growers of agapanthus and tobagias. Uh, we're national collection holders and the main part of the business is exhibited at all the RHS flower shows. Uh, this time of year we're pretty busy because this is a time of year where we're doing all the splitting and starting to pot and starting to feed the high potash feed that agapanthus like every two to three weeks into September. Agapanthus in containers uh, this time of year uh, this is a time to take them out of the containers before you start to water and feed properly and decide whether you want to repot them into pots slightly larger than what they're in in a well-drained compost, two parts compost to one part grit uh, or divide the plants into half or quarters uh, choose either two or four pots slightly smaller than what they've come out of and again repot into the well-drained compost and when you've done this get your high potash feed and start feeding once every two to three weeks right the way through to September and this is how to get the agapanthus off to a good spring start Agapanthus, whether they're in containers or your borders, like to be in as much sun as possible. They will grow in partial shade, so so long as they get sun directly for two to three hours a day, they should be fine. Hello, my name is Joy Michaud. I come from a business called Sea Spring Seeds, where we sell vegetable, all vegetable seeds, but we specialise in chilies. And my tip for April is 
Well, it's too late now to sow your chilli seeds. A lot of people try it and you will get a plant, but you won't get any fruit till the end of the summer. So if you want to grow chilies and you haven't sown the seeds, then you must buy a plug plant, a chilli young chilli plug plant. After that, it just needs a lot of warmth and a lot of light and you'll get your fruits by the beginning of the summer. What you've got to remember is that chilies need a lot of warmth and a lot of light. So keep them in the house until it warms up or put them out during the day and back in the house at night. They don't like the cold, but they do like the sun. So the more sun they have, the better they'll do. Chilies do use quite a lot of nutrients, but if you're using a multi-purpose compost, it will come with some feed in it. So you don't need to start fertilising quite yet. Once they start getting to their rapid growth, then a regular feed will produce a better plant. I'm Richard Hyde from HW Hyde and Son. This time of year, look out for lily beetles. Either on erythinums, lilies, or on a whole range of plants. Keep an eye on them and get rid of them as soon as you see them. At this time of year, we sell lily bulbs. They're from out of the cold store. So not like you buy in a garden centre. These have been stored for instant growing. You plant them and within a week they'll be through the soil and they flower in about two to three months. So they're great for flowering later in the year than normal lilies. But it only works for one year. Next year they go back to normal. <laughs> you plant them, there's some in aracaceous soil. Be careful which variety you get. Some in ordinary soil. You would plant them out six inches deep or 15 centimetres. That's above the bulb. And just a free draining compost. Water moderately wet. Don't keep them over wet. If you put them in shade, they go towards the sun. So in, in a pot, you can turn it if it's in the shade, and that fools them to go upright. But if it's in a real shade in the garden, they will actually angle towards the sun. Do not feed them either. If you feed them, they get tall and prone to diseases. Keep them on the lean side with food. They stay shorter, the leaves are harder, they don't get as many diseases. You can find more tips and advice and video guides to seasonal tasks on the gardening pages of the RHS website. That's rhs.org.uk forward slash advice. I'm Jenny Bowden and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Now 2015 marks a debut for Tom Harfleet, RHS Chelsea Flower Show Manager. After an award-winning design career, Tom finds himself at the helm of Chelsea and we caught up with him to hear what he's got in store. Hi, I'm Tom Halfley, the new show manager for the RHS Chelsea Flower Show. My probably strongest skill set for this role is the fact that I have exhibited, but then I've also exhibited not just at RHS shows, I've exhibited at shows abroad as well. So I've got a wide spectrum of experience from shows and actually had a keen interest in understanding the nuts and bolts of a flower show. So I have a keen view on how things should be run and also a key understanding of how... Uh, how exhibitors need the site to run to best produce their gardens and floral exhibits. So this year, the Laurent Perrier garden, taking the whole triangle, um, that is as exciting as when I first heard the Australians taking the whole rock bank. It's it's a massive space. It's an iconic space for a show that's been going for 102, 102 years, for that not to have happened. And now it's, it's like a big garden. It's going to be amazing. Um, having Prince Harry back... Like, what was it, 2013 he was last there. Back again now with Matt Kitely. That's a great, great story behind that garden. Joe Thompson doing the M&G garden. It's another amazing garden. So all the all the show gardens are fantastic. Um, Artisan, I had never really looked at as an exhibitor before. Obviously exhibiting in fresh, that was always more my small category. Um, Artisan, some of the gardens there, the detail and the intricacies in those gardens is incredible. Um 
and fresh again. Some of the ideas completely, I don't think people would think you could do a garden about some of those themes and they're, they're going to be incredible as well. And the floral pavilion. I think the floral pavilion is, is the favourite of the visitors to the Chelsea Flower Show. Everyone loves it. And it's amazing the quality of content that is constantly in that pavilion that I think we need to all spend more time probably in there looking because there's, there's tiny little stands. And I think when it's got 10,000 people in it, you can quite quickly miss things. But it's constantly full of amazing exhibits and exhibitors. Take all day. I suppose you can, you can rush it and you'll miss a lot. And it's those bits that you miss. Last year, I found out from taking on this job bits I missed. Artisan retreats where there's craftsmen working away. Incredible that you craftsmen that you would probably not have the opportunity to see them working and their their stuff their the stuff they make actually exhibited at Chelsea um but then also the there's a there's a thing about con- composting coffee cups last year in the marquee like the cardboard ones you get from say from a, a coffee shop it's just using them to and making compost from them so a product that we all use on a day-to-day basis and actually being able to turn that from a a waste product into a material that you can actually grow food from in the future. Things like that, people will just accidentally walk past because it's so crammed. I suppose my best tip to a new visitor would not to be overwhelmed because it's easy to get overwhelmed by being in that space with that many people. RHS Chelsea Flower Show Manager Tom Harfleet. A major highlight of every RHS Chelsea Flower Show are the show gardens, and a daunting task for any designer is to hold the responsibility of designing the sponsor's garden. This year's Chelsea Flower Show is sponsored by M&G Investments, and their garden, The Retreat, marks a welcome return to Chelsea for an award-winning designer, Joe Thompson, whose main avenue garden is all about sitting and resting, something that regular visitors to Chelsea will relish. Here's Joe to tell us more. I'm Jo Thompson and I'm designing the M&G garden for Chelsea this year. The garden this year is a retreat from a busy life in the 21st century. There's, there's somewhere to sit, somewhere to relax, somewhere to enjoy plants, somewhere to read, somewhere to write, somewhere to swim. At, at the heart of this garden, we've got a two-storey oak-framed building. There's, there's an enclosed upper room, which is a study. And then downstairs, there's an open bathing deck, which leads out onto a pond. But this is no ordinary pond. It's a natural swimming pond. So you can swim in this water that isn't treated by chemicals. It's just kept clean by plants. And... It's just a really lovely, fresh place to swim. There's a boardwalk which goes over this pond, which you can sort of sit on, dangle your feet in. So just a sort of relaxing place. And the the plants are very much kind of what... Some are what you'd expect in a traditional English garden. So we've got roses, we've got peonies, but some of the colour combinations are perhaps kind of a little bit more out there. So whilst we've got pinks and blues, we've got a little bit of orange there just to lift it. Well, ponds and lakes naturally are clean and clear, and it's plants that help do that. Now, in swimming pools, we use chemicals to kill microorganisms, but in this swimming pond, we use the naturally purifying properties of plants to do that job. So you can go in there, you can swallow the water, and know that you, you know that you're that you're not swallowing anything disgusting, basically. Um, 
And it's just it's just a nicer it's a nicer environment. So when you're in the water, you're you're looking out. You can enjoy the the plants from from a different aspect. Really, you're looking at it as I said, you know, from a sort of duck's eye view, really. And it's clean. It's not going to be the warmest of ponds. I know a lot of people are going to ask if we can heat it. You you can use sort of solar heating, whatever. But if you've enjoyed a riverside picnic or a dip in a lake in in the summer if you've been lucky enough to enjoy that you'll just know how refreshing it is and just something different so the building is made of oak of english oak and we've also got purbeck stone and this is the most beautiful honey colored stone from dorset it's a place where i grew up and absolutely love this really just just a really lovely welcoming natural colour and textures it's just wonderful there's a village called Corf you've got this wonderful Corf castle there and this once you go to that village you'll, you'll recognise the stone everywhere because it's used everywhere and this is what I wanted to use in this garden and use it for the building which is a, a place to, to hang out but also a place to study if you like and that was inspired by Sissinghurst, by the writing rooms there of Vita Sackville-West, Harold Nicholson, Nigel Nicholson. They each had their own very special place to retreat to. And whilst I don't want to recreate that, it it was the feeling of those places that, that inspired me to create this building in the garden. Garden designer, Joe Thompson. Now another garden tip to be a major highlight of this year's show is designed by the 2014 BBC and RHS People's Choice winner, Matt Keatley. This year, Matt's garden, Centre Bale, Hope and Vulnerability, celebrates the opening of the Mamahatu Children's Centre in Lesotho, South Africa. Matt has designed the garden to raise awareness of Centre Bale's work in providing healthcare and education to Lesotho's most vulnerable children. My name's Matt Keatley and I've been asked to design the Centre Bale garden uh, on Main Avenue this year at Chelsea Flower Show. Second Chelsea and that means the second show garden for me. So we we heard f- from Prince Harry through his office two weeks after last year's show to to come up with the design. Um, so I came up with some very early concepts, very very early schemes, and put them in front of both him and and Prince Charles at Clarence House. And the week after that, got sent out to Lesotho to go and see what the charity do, learn a bit more about them, and and exactly what it is and what the impact is that they're, they're going to have on the country out there in Lesotho. Centre Bali's key goal is, is helping vulnerable children, um, primarily going through HIV and AIDS out there. And the garden is a representation of, of a children's camp they're building, and it's due to open later in the year. And it's going to give them the capacity to help four times as many kids as they already do. And it's, it's a simple case of raising awareness. So teaching the kids ba- very basic life skills, raising their confidence and trying to... They're at the start trying to eradicate the stigma that surrounds HIV and AIDS. I've gone for a fairly abstract route with the planting. So the the planting in the main section, so in the heart of the garden, is a representation of of the kids' attitudes and the spirit of the camp. So when we visited, it was very clear that the kids were lively, bubbly, smiling, laughing, singing. And that, that really took me back, took me by surprise. I was expecting a much more morbid sight. And I think... It, it's just testament to the work that Centre Bali do, and that's exactly what they're trying to achieve, is raise the kids' confidence, make sure that they understand what it is they're going through. And 
it sounds tough, but that's what I'm going to try and get through in the planting. So a lot of varying textures, bright colours that are fairly evocative of, of Lesotho landscape. And that's where the other parts of the garden come in. So not a lot of people know about the landscape out there. They just they assume that it's stereotypical African, dry, arid land. But it's one of the highest points in Africa. So you get lots of, although you do get the arid patches, there's little pockets of, of bliss, if you like. So waterfalls and rockscapes and bright, vibrant colours all the way through it. And, and that's what you'll see in the garden. Garden designer Matt Keatley. Now Chelsea is not just a show for established garden designers, it's also a celebration of new garden design talent. And this newly married couple, Laura and Jack Wilgos of Wild Goose Nursery, the home of Bouts Violas in Shropshire, are a pair that we're rather excited about, and not just because they met here at RHS Garden Wisley. Um, I'm Laura Wilgos. And I'm Laura's husband, Jack, and we run Wild Goose Nursery. Um, which specialises in hardy perennial and scented violas. Um, so 2015 would be the first time that our nursery exhibits at the Chelsea Flower Show, um, and it's been sort of three years, to, three to four years to get here. We took on a collection from a couple called Mark and Stephanie Roberts, who built up the collection over 30 years, and the collection was about to be lost, and we stepped in and took it on at the last minute. Um, and really, from the very beginning, it was a dream that one day we would do Chelsea and showcase our plants at what I suppose is the pinnacle of horticulture. And we'll be displaying probably about 60 varieties out of our collection. Um, and we'll be using old uh, funky containers and sort of British-made terracotta pots and displaying them perhaps in a more modern way than is normally done. I think it is daunting. And it's a bit sooner, I think, than we planned. And in some ways we think, oh, gosh, you know, have we taken this step a bit too soon? But we've had a lot of support from the older generation of nurserymen in the industry. And they're all very keen to get the young people stepping up to that mark. Gardening, for as much as I don't think there are enough young people coming into it, uh, the older generation are so supportive and encouraging. I mean, we took this business on three years ago. Um, we didn't really have clue how to run a nursery but some of the great nurseries out there have taken us under our wing and sort of guided us and sort of shown us what we need to do and shown us the tricks of the trade which is something I suppose I never expected I thought it would be very secretive and sort of a you know but it's not I mean it's incredibly welcoming and friendly group of people really aren't they but lots of them are our, our good friends now well, we were students at um, the RHS at Wisley, and I just remember the buzz. It was such an exciting... The, inside that pavilion, and just to see the horticulture of that standard and all those beautiful, immaculate plants, and to think that we're going to be you know, up there with them and part of that, is, that's just such an exciting thing. Laura and Jack Wilgos from Wild Goose Nursery in Shropshire. Now, young talent is something that we love to celebrate at Chelsea, and two brothers, Harry and David Rich, are the youngest ever Chelsea design duo. After their gold-winning Chelsea garden in 2013, the brothers are back this year with the Cloudy Bay Garden, which aims to reflect tasting notes and characteristics of two of Cloudy Bay's popular wines. I'm David Rich. I'm Harry Rich. We started off uh, doing a local Cardiff show, RHS Cardiff. We were unknown and kind of into our first year of our kind of of our company being up and running. Um, and then from there, really, we've 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 come on to do BBC Gardeners World, and then we jumped straight into Chelsea, which is really nice. So covering an artisan garden, which we've got gold in, and then la- last year now, 
Um, we did a, a Vital Earth Night Sky Garden where we got silver gilt. So we, it's our third time in Chelsea, so it seems a bit surreal. Uh, so this year we are sponsored by uh, Cloudy Bay and Vital Earth, same as last year. So the garden is the Cloudy Bay Garden with a, in association with Vital Earth. Um, so predominantly the garden is to, do, is to be a, a place to enjoy wine um, and also to represent the characteristics of the Pinot Noir and the Sauvignon Blanc which uh, is actually quite simple, it's not too bad. So the Pinot Noir is quite an earthy, textured, quite a structured red wine. Uh, And the Sauvignon Blanc is quite a crisp, clean, clear white wine. So we're basically putting them all together in the garden um, and representing them through the planting and the hard materials and things like that. The planting, we're going to use something we call like a matrix. So we're going to use a lot of um, milica, which is a grass, which is going to kind of flood the space. And then within that, then we're going to have earthy tones through like foxgloves, and the bastards, yeah, uh, to give that kind of aspect of it, and then we're going to have kind of angelica, kind of really like green, luscious foliage, and and some kind of nice seed heads as well. I think we're just going to try and flood it. We like to call it a, a wild matrix, so something that's very naturalistic because our design is quite contemporary. It's got quite kind of harsh edges, but what we love to do is bring that kind of natural side into it. So it's going to flood the space, look quite natural and wild, and probably as if we've thrown we it together. We always leave we always leave our planting to the day. So I mean, you can make a planting plan, but I don't think we'd ever stick to it anyway. So it's nice to be able to be there, feel kind of see the garden and kind of work with that. So we never really go with too much. We we, we know what we want in our head but it's only until that day we kind of get get the plants and, and start doing it that it works so. actually we were able to uh, do some wine tasting with one of their head winemakers um, and that was quite an experience so obviously being quite young I feel that we're quite novices in the, the world of wine um, and it was amazing to have a kind of expert head tell us about wine and what we were actually tasting and the process that's been through and how intricate that whole thing is from you know growing the vine to making the wine he's a poet <laughs> <laughs> Harry and David Rich. You can see a full list of all this year's show gardens at rhs.org.uk forward slash Chelsea. Other highlights to look out for this year include On Main Avenue, Dan Pearson returns to Chelsea after 11 years with a breathtaking garden for Laurent Perrier and Chatsworth House. The Great Pavilion, the jewel in Chelsea's crown, will be exhibiting more than 100 of the world's best nurseries with spectacular plants from around the globe, including veterans such as Hilliers who are aiming for their 70th consecutive gold medal. The UK Space Agency, David Dominey and the British Ecological Society have teamed up with the RHS for informative and interactive exhibits in the Discovery Zone. And a truly amazing story will be portrayed through John Everest's Artisan Garden, The Invader's Garden, by Chorley Council, commemorating the end of World War II and his own father's experience. You can still get tickets to the RHS Chelsea Flower Show, so go along to rhs.org.uk forward slash Chelsea for details. For tickets to the Chelsea by Twilight Jazz Concerts on Friday the 22nd of May featuring the Ronnie Scott's Orchestra, go to rhs.org.uk forward slash Chelsea by Twilight for more information. Plus, to buy tickets to the award-winning RHS Hampton Court Palace Flower Show between the 30th of June and the 5th of July, visit rhs.org.uk forward slash Hampton Court. And if you're not able to make it to Chelsea or the RHS Hampton Court Palace Flower Show this year, here's some other events that you should look out for at our four RHS gardens in the coming weeks. 
See some of the finest craftspeople and artists in the UK and buy beautiful handmade items as three of our RHS gardens at Rosemore, Wisley and Hyde Hall have a spring craft fair over the bank holiday weekend between the 2nd and 4th of May. Our fourth garden, RHS Harlow Car, will have theirs between the 12th of May and the 7th of June. Plus, the second Devon Chili Fiesta is again held at the RHS Garden Rosemore between the 9th and 10th of May. Their all-weather terrace marquee will house 30-plus of the top producers from all over the UK with chilli plants and all sorts of chilli produce to try and buy. And finally, May half-term between the 23rd and the 31st of May at all four of our RHS gardens will hold all sorts of fun family activities to welcome the summer. This time, the theme is the superpower of flowers with garden trails, mini-show gardens and craft activities. As always, full details of all these events and more are on the RHS website. Go to rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens what's on. So that's all for this edition. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Jenny Bowden and all of us here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey, goodbye. Walking down the path in my garden, and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.